0: I'm Billy Ray and I'm Joel and you're listening to Tales from Wisteria Lane the podcast where we give a fair view of all things Desperate Housewives
1: Hi everyone, thank you for joining. Today we're doing episode three of season one, which is called Pretty Little Pictures. In this episode, Joel is going to be doing the trivia, I'm going to be doing the outline, and then we're just going to do the segments as normal. Do you have any trivia to start us off with? Sure, so it was written by Oliver Goldstick, directed by Arlene
0: Sanford, and it aired on Sunday the 17th of October 2004 with 20.87 million viewers. The title of the episode comes from a song of the same name taken from the Stephen Sondheim musical, which was called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Oh, again? Yeah, I think they all are from the season one, at least.
1: All of season one are songs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Let's get into the episode. It starts with Mary Alice as she describes how she sacrifices all traces of her, of her humanity after she died except for her memory. She remembers Bree having confidence and warmth but a look of fear in her eyes. We then cut to Bree waking Rex up on the living room sofa bed and she's asking him to go back to their own bed. She says that she misses him. She then tampers with the sofa bed when Rex has gone upstairs. She grabs some pliers or something and she basically sticks some pointy metal bits up into the sofa bed and it cuts the title sequence.
0: Yeah, I mean, I admire her resourcefulness in that because she cuts the metal underneath the mattress and then, like, pokes it up so it goes through to make it as uncomfortable as possible for him. Oh, yeah, it's just so... (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. It's so deceitful. Yeah, I wrote so devious, breaking the metal on the bed. I love her resourcefulness. So yeah, no, it is. It's really devious.
1: We then cut to Susan in the morning, who notices that today was the day that the ladies were going to have a dinner party at Mary Alice's house, as planned a month ago. She then has a conversation with the housewives and suggests that they all have the dinner party anyway, in Mary Alice's honour. Gabby then invites Carlos to the dinner party, but he says he's too busy of work. This causes a small disagreement in which Carlos tells Gabby she needs to relax. When he leaves, Gabby invites John Rowland over to help her relax. Yeah, first of all, Carlos, why make a promise that you can't keep? This scene really grosses me out because when she calls John Rowland, he's at school. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I've just got out of biology."
0: Yeah, and then he's just, she's inviting him over, and he's like, "Oh, I've got soccer practice or whatever." So gross! I was like, it's, oh, yeah. he's a child. I love that Bree's already planning the menu. Lynette says one of my favorite lines, which is usually when the hostess dies, the party's off. Right? Like, just <laughs> she's not wrong, but then immediately when Bree's like, "Our host." planning the menu
1: instantly, Brace lamb shanks. Lynette then invites Tom, but he says he needs to chill out and Lynette tries to convince him to go. It doesn't work and then he leaves to go to work. We then cut to Bree as she invites Rex, but he doesn't want to go in fear that they might drink a bit too much and then let slip that they're having marital problems. Last but not least, we cut to Susan and she asks her ex-husband Carl if he can take care of Julie for the night so that she can go to the dinner party. But he says he can only do it for one night as he wants to take his new girlfriend to a cabin for a getaway. When they're about to leave, Carl's new girlfriend, Brandy, chucks an empty can at the rubbish bin, but misses, and then they try to leave. Susan tells her to put it in the bin, causing Carl to question Susan, and they have a standoff. Susan's well within her rights here. She was oh, this so rude.
0: I've literally put so rude, Brandy, and then Carl, you left Susan for white trash. Like, she looks... She acts, she's got the name, like no offence if your name is Brandy.
1: But honestly, just walk to the bin, girl. Uh,
0: True, and I find it really interesting that none of the men that are invited really seem to be that interested in it. Rex is very much like, oh, do I have to go? Yeah,
1: they're all making excuses, but you can tell they don't want to go. Yeah, and all the wives are really excited about it. It's really quite sad. We then cut to Zach Young as he's having a conversation with his dad, Paul Young. They're talking about how he never talks about Mary Alice and he hasn't put an obituary in the newspaper. Zach says that maybe when Paul dies he won't put an obituary in the paper for him, to which he nonchalantly replies, that'll be your choice, assuming you outlive me. Which was a Felt a little bit frightening. And then later on, Zach's in the garage looking through the box of Mary Alice's things where he finds the gun she used to kill herself.
0: Yeah, I'm... Zach has a really strong point mm. in this. I do find it a bit shady that Paul hasn't even bothered to do an obit. He's still bitter about the suicide,
1: isn't he? He's still resentful.
0: Yeah, he's clearly resentful that Mary Alice has left him with something. There's obviously a secret there. You know, the letter and, and the toy chest yep, and all toy of that. toy chest from previous there's, episode. There's obviously a secret there and he's probably feeling quite bitter that mary alice has left him with a child zach is clearly showing signs that it's a struggle the struggle is
1: real no yeah paul, zach. paul young is so standoffish in this moment but he's generally like that anyway he is he's not very likable like assuming you outlive me who says that to their child i know everything he says is so ever so slightly threatening so john Rowland shows up to gabby's house instantly takes it off his clothes And they make out. But a child sees them from the front door. So later on, Gabby spots Carlos talking to the girl and he introduces the girl and her mother as their new next door neighbours. The girl spends the whole scene giving Gabby the stink eye. First of all,
0: stop undressing by the damn windows. They do this all the time. You're having an affair. Stop undressing by the windows of your house that look onto the lane. It's like you're wanting to get caught.
1: Also, that child was so quick getting to the front door since she'd only just let... John in, but, oh, busted. What child just stands there? Like, you go up to a door and you knock. Did the mum send her over or something?
0: I'm guessing so, because did they? Did she lose something in the back garden? I'm not
1: sure. I think it comes out a bit later in it the was episode. Ne- nothing was mentioned, because as soon as they spot her, she dashes. When the girl's alone, Gabby walks up to her as she's colouring the pavement with chalk. She tries to convince the little girl that adults kiss in different people all the time. It's completely normal, but this little girl is having none of it. She then gives her a toy that she bought to keep the girl silent, so to speak. But what the little girl really wants is a new bike. I mean, Ashley just looks
0: miserable. That's the name of the little girl, Ashley, and she just looks miserable, but it just looks like that. there's like a demon inside that child. She is constantly giving Gabby a dirty look. She never smiles. I don't know what her problem is, but she's also really
1: devious. Also, Gabby trying to convince this child that People kiss people all the time. It's completely normal. She 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 doesn't get kids. No one at that age is gonna fall for that.
0: Yeah, I've got watching Gabby try to bond with this child is just amazing. It's like looking in a mirror. Like it, it truly was like looking in a mirror. I'm not that great with kids either. <laughs> oh. so she's really there trying to like force a connection with this child to try and see how much the child had, had witnessed and if the child had told anyone. And it's just not going anywhere
1: that child just keeps it did has no one taught this child that it's rude to stare you say that you're not good with kids you're better with my niece and nephew than i am when it was my birthday and i share my birthday with my little niece we um went up to her school and she basically just ran they, they both ran right past me to hug joel
0: yeah well i'm just easy to bond with i guess yeah, yeah. i have one of those voices Ugh.
1: this little girl
0: has obviously seen An opportunity. (laughs) She's annoyingly smart. She's
1: there trying to manipulate Gabby into getting anything that she wants. I want a bike. Yeah. So Lynette gets a photo in the post of Tom and his work colleagues getting drunk somewhere. Tom defends this photo and says it's important for business and Lynette gets annoyed. She says he should stay home and watch the kids while she goes to the dinner party. She then opens a pot of jelly with ease, that Tom was struggling with. Yeah, I mean, there's a moment in that scene where Tom is
0: like, fine, okay, we'll go to the dinner party. And she's just there like, I don't even have time to wash my face. Tom says, we'll throw the next one. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he says He's like, oh well we'll throw the next one and she's like throw a dinner party i don't even have time to wash my face that possible. is a
1: terrible idea who wants to go to a tom and lynette dinner party who
0: wants to go to tom and lynette's house no offense to tom and lynette but your house a mess i understand you've got four young children so it's not easy to wrangle but yeah let's just, let's just imagine just... it
1: just imagine hi everyone we bought fried chicken uh <laughs> you can throw your coats anywhere but don't leave anything too precious around because the kids will get saliva on it somehow <laughs> we've ordered mcdonald's from
0: uber eats no, just...
1: <laughs> no thank you
0: <laughs> he struggled so badly with that lid. Like that little jello, jelly, whatever Americans call it, lid. Lynette's competence in comparison
1: to his, his when she incompetence. walks up, takes the lid off and marches out of there.
0: But again, another reference to a photo. What the... The, the Lynette sees the image of Tom having a party with his work people and oh, that's yeah. what sets it off. Another that's, picture. That's another photo.
1: Is another it, yeah? pretty little picture. <laughs> We then go to Brie and Rex's counsellor who suggest that they should have private sessions, much to Brie's chagrin. But Rex is in complete agreement stating that they should discuss things with the counsellor privately. Rex says that the counsellor should take a moral hardline if Rex discusses adultery, prostitution or internet pornography.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very Brie. It's very Brie. That's very Brie. Brie's not going to settle for anything like that. She's not going to accept it. She's not going to understand it. I am intrigued as to why Rex wants personal counselling, because it's Rex that's pushing that.
1: No, I do get it. I think it's good that they discuss things in private. I think there's a lot less pressure that way and you can just be completely honest with your counsellor. Yeah, I just find it very interesting that in the previous episode, Rex was very
0: much against marriage counselling. He didn't Mm. want it. And now all of a sudden he's wanting his
1: own counselling session. I think at this point it seems like a way to somewhat get back at Bree. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. At night time, Paul Young walks in on Zach, examining Mary Alice's gun in the living room. Zach tells him that he wants to talk about his mum, and Paul tells him that he needs to take his medication. Which was, um... New. Yep, that was new. Zach then answers a knock at the front door and finds that Bree has come over to invite them both to the dinner party. She tells Zach that the party is being thrown in his mother's honour. Paul steps up in front of the door and tells Bree that they already have plans and takes the gun from Zach behind his back. Bree doesn't see this. This was interesting because he wants to talk about his mum and clearly he's getting a bit irate, so to speak. And then he says, you should take your medication, Mm -hmm. which is both somewhat patronising and demeaning, But also, that's brand new information. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, I called this family out in episode one, and I'm calling it again. You leave your guns in a place that is too accessible. And in episode one, I called you out for the fact that your son could have picked that gun up at any point. And now here we are your son has found the very gun that your wife has shot herself with.
1: Mary Alice. Has just killed herself, and yet he's leaving this gun anywhere for his, his young boy to find.
0: I mean, he put it in a shoebox, so, you know, what kid won't, like, will go looking in a shoebox? It's common sense, clearly, right? I mean, but
1: the reason he's going through the shoebox is he's just looking for his mum's things. He's trying to process this, and his dad will not talk to him about it.
0: Yeah, but I, I think it's a really sweet scene, because it gave Zach what he wanted, which was someone that would acknowledge that his mother did exist. <laughs> Oh, you and, mean Brie, when Brie? Yeah. She, yeah. At, the, at the end of the scene, it gave Zach what he needed when Brie came to the door and was just sort of saying to him that they're going to be holding a dinner party in his mother's honour. And I he think. so wants to go. He clearly
1: wanted to go, but, you know, Paul won't have any of that. So Gabby buys the little girl a top dollar bike. It has ribbons, it has a bell, it has a helmet, it has the works. But the little girl doesn't know how to ride a bike and asks Gabby to, to show her how to right now. We then cut back to Gabby teaching the little girl how to ride a bike. She does pretty well until she stumbles, which, standard. Yeah. She then tells Gabby she wants to teach her more tomorrow, as she's homeschooled, so she's always available. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. I mean, why ask for a bike if you can't even ride one? Well, what I got out of this, not only is she homeschooled, so she's going to be around... A lot Meaning that you're going to Keeping this secret Is going to be a nightmare Because she's just going to be there All the time mm. But I also get the feeling that She doesn't have that Closeness with her mum Which is why she's asking Gabby Maybe But surely if you're homeschooled Then you would have that Closeness with your mum it depends who's homeschooling her because, I, don't, I mean, we don't know if it's her mum. And True. because she wants Gabby to teach her, I can only assume that her mum's one of those people that doesn't really have time. You know, kind of like Tom. Yeah. Plus, I'm sorry, she said that line, I'm homeschooled, I'm always around. Surely if
0: you're homeschooled, you're not always around. Yeah, you, you're sh- inside you should be studying, lady. You're inside learning. Why are yeah. you
1: always outside? We then cut to Susan. Susan takes a look at her photo album to find photos of Mary Alice. She comes across many pictures of Carl, and in the pictures, his head has been cut out of all of them. She then leaves Carl a voicemail saying that they need to have a conversation. She feels ready to let go of her anger, although Mary Alice says, almost. Almost ready. Almost ready. I don't think anybody's truly ready to let go of anger like that. It's so funny that Susan is clearly the type of person that cuts the heads off of her, like, ex-husband, boyfriend, whoever... (laughs) Do all people do that? Because Janice does it in Friends as well. I guess it was
0: a product of the times when people had more Polaroids. Maybe. I don't know. I just... I,
1: I think that people have their own ways of getting closure. I guess it's very therapeutic just to actually spend the time doing this or even just scratching the eyes out
0: it's so therapeutic like you have no idea when I broke up with an ex I ended up having a bonfire around some old friends houses and burnt everything he ever gave me there was like a bear from Build a Bear there was fireworks involved and just threw everything he ever gave me in that bonfire and it felt so good it, it, I mean it wasn't for anything it wasn't like they do with friends where they try and get rid of the bad juju and just sort of like you know try and bring in the good karma and expel the bad karma. It was just, I was angry and I didn't want to look at any of that stuff
1: anymore. (laughs) I just burnt it. So Lynette leaves Tom in charge of looking after the kids he acts big-headed and says, I think I know how to look after them. They're just kids, for God's sake. And so she tells the boys that they're allowed to eat as many cookies as they want tonight because she knows it'll make them hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Carl. So Carl shows up at Susan's house just as she gets out of the shower and has a towel around herself. She then tells Carl that she wants an apology for how he acted at the end of their marriage, but Carl thinks he has nothing to apologise for, saying... The heart wants where it wants, just trying to justify his adultery. They continue to argue as he walks out to the car. And as he drives away, Susan's towel gets caught in the door and she runs back to the house. But the front door's locked, so she's just left out, front of the house, completely naked.
0: Yeah, um, this is it. This is the big scene. It was in all of the original trailers for season one. I think... Terry Hatcher is, is she some sort of, like, big sex symbol? Probably not. I think, I i read somewhere. <laughs> After this. Well, no, I read somewhere that there was a photo of her in Superman's cape from when she did uh, Lois and Clark. Oh, right, um, yeah. That was, like, the most downloaded image of the year, and she was voted sexiest woman in, like, 98, I think it might have been. I'm not 100% sure. I read this a few days ago, and I didn't write it down, because I was an idiot like that. But... It was she, such an iconic scene. And Terry Hatcher in this scene, actually, she was wearing underwear, but she had like the sides cut out and then she had nipple tape um, and like strategic tape in all the right places, as it were. But when she fell in the bush at the end of that scene, just before Mike finds her, she cut all her legs up. Oof. So she had like blood running down her legs and things. She still continued the scene. She's professional. But she, Nicolette Sheridan, who plays Edie, gave an interview and it was all in this Behind Closed Doors book that I've got and Nicolette relayed that on. Because Terry Hatch doesn't really like talking about it. But he,
1: Carl is just so sleazy. I know, this, that really annoyed me. Just The, the whole... heart wants what it wants. It doesn't mean that you can justify cheating Carl. It just, he's just
0: doing all he can to justify his affair. But it's just his drive off and, you know, he takes the towel with him. A normal person would stop.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: doubt he didn't see that in
1: the wind... in the mirror
0: no but he's probably feeling really like vindictive and he's loving the fact that he's just driven off and left susan naked in the (laughs) middle of the street but i mean what would you do like susan tries to like hide behind bushes and wander around and try and break in but i mean like
1: what what could you even do if that ever happened to you i don't know it's summer i'd probably have a window open somewhere i don't know why she doesn't it's hot it's america so she runs around the back of her house using a shrub to cover her body (laughs) But falls into the bushes trying to open a window where Mike comes across her. They have an awkward conversation and she explains why she's naked in a bush. He then tells her he's going to the dinner party. Later on, they both go to the dinner party at Bree's house together, and it's been said that he helps her get into the house. All of the ladies are having drinks while Lynette's on the phone to a very disgruntled Tom, who's struggling with hyperactive kids. But she just waves it off saying, I'm sure you can figure out a way to put them to bed. I mean, for God's sake, Tom, they're just kids, Mm. reiterating what he said to her earlier. With the smile on her face, (laughs) she's loving it. As everyone at the party's mingling, Carlos asks Rex about the tennis lessons that he and Bree are supposedly having. But he struggles to keep up the lie, and he just admits to Carlos that him and Bree are having marriage counselling. This upsets Bree, who drops a plate of nibbles, and then Rex announces to the whole room that they are in marriage counselling. Now they all know their secret. Brie smiles and tells everyone to seat themselves at the dinner table, hiding her feelings.
0: As classic Brie. That's as per Brie, really. Mm. But just,
1: Rex had one job. What <laughs> Not to tell. One job. So, while the dinner party's happening, Paul Young walks in on Zack, who's fallen asleep in front of the TV. He pulls up his blanket, which was very fatherly, very nice. Probably the only compassionate moment we ever see yeah actually and then his attention is drawn to the news report that says a fisherman found a large chest containing human remains this is the same chest that Paul Young threw into the lake in the previous episode Mm. he leaves the room and we see that Zach Young was actually awake the whole time he opens his eyes yeah surely whatever's you're trying to hide that chest you're trying to hide it there's clearly something
0: inside it that you don't want people to find you've seen that it's been dragged out of the lake on the news
1: and you turn it off surely you would watch Um, Back at the dinner party, everyone's awkwardly eating in silence after Rex's announcement. Susan tries to break the tension by telling everyone about Mike finding her naked in the bushes. This leads to other people talking about their own embarrassing stories. Bree then follows this up with, Rex cries as he ejaculates. (laughs) Stopping the laughter and bringing back the awkward silence for a moment before Rex decides to... Well, just to leave. He takes his keys and he leaves the house. I mean, that dinner scene was just something else. Really. Oh, gosh.
0: Bree just brought the tone right down. I mean, he sort of... Nobody really deserves it. But at the same time, he tells a secret secret comes out about him like even though marriage counseling is his secret too but he doesn't really seem to care but um marcia cross didn't actually want to say that ejaculation line when she read the script she went into the to the read um all prepared to refuse to say it because she just thought it was too mean and too crass but when she said it and everyone laughed i think she realized the humor behind it and just how um how funny it would be
1: Oh, I love it. In it's, the scene. It's just, it's so inappropriate, but it just really shows that kind of, that side of Brie, you know? Yeah, that vengeful sort of... That underlying bit of spite. Yes, yeah. It just shows a completely different side to Brie, a side that you don't normally see. After the party, Mike walks Susan back to her house and they discuss how angry Susan gets around Carl. He tells her to think of her marriage with Carl as a sort of boot camp, preparing her for next time, clearly flirting. He also Mm. says he saw a peek at her naked body earlier and simply says, for what it's worth, wow.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of people in real life would probably have thought that about that scene. Clearly just ignoring all
1: of the blood dripping down her legs. Yep. So, Lynette goes home to a stressed out Tom. He tells her that she knows what she did because one of the boys, Porter, grasped on her. <laughs> Lynette then tells Tom about the disillusion of Bree and Rex's marriage. Tom says they never looked happy together anyway, to which Lynette replies, are we happy? I think that's a great scene Mm. first of all. Um, The fact that they can both just laugh about the cookies. I thought he was going to be
0: so mad. Yeah I mean Lynette specifically set up Tom to struggle that evening to (laughs) almost teach him a lesson and to not be so cocky about being able to you know take care of the children for a night but the fact that they can just laugh about it.
1: Yeah he's like yeah portal grass grasp up but lol no beef. Yeah right.
0: (laughs) But it was such a pure moment with Tom and Lynette, when Lynette just turns around and says, are we happy? And nothing comes from it. But it's it's so realistic for when you're watching a friend's relationship start to break apart and then you start to get worried that yours is
1: going to follow shortly. So Gabby and Carlos go home and they're also discussing what happened with Bree and Rex. Carlos says that if a woman ever humiliated him in public the way Bree did tonight, it would only happen once. Yeah, that's quite... Little threatening.
0: Yeah, it's a little threatening, a little bit dark. You can see the fear in Gabby's eyes in that scene because she knows full well that what she is doing with John would humiliate Carlos. Mm. And so it's just... Reiterating the fear even more that Gabby's now got an even harder job in trying to cover up this affair because now there's the neighbour that knows about it and, you know, what will happen to her if Carlos finds out. It's just
1: building up all that pressure. Yeah. The next morning, Bree's helping Rex pack as he's leaving to stay at a hotel. The is really tense and he doesn't laugh at any of her jokes. Bree says that everyone used to think they were the golden couple and asks... What happened to us? To which Rex replies, because you can't even let me pack my own suitcase. I mean, that's true. That is annoying. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, it's just, let the man pack his own suitcase, Bree. He can do it. He's a grown man. This man is going to a hotel. He's walking out on you right now. Let him just do his own thing. Yeah, let him pack his own suitcase. He's leaving you. Like, just... You know he's not going to pack it, right? And that's his own damn problem.
0: But, I mean, there's there's a couple of things about this scene. First of all, we can now see that Bree
1: can joke. She's not a robot, like he's accused her of being. She can make a joke. She's only joking when she feels so awkward that the atmosphere is so tense because of something that she did. (laughs) You awkward when Brie has to try and make a joke and break the ice. Susan makes her way into Carl's car before he drives off, just to apologise to his girlfriend Brandy for her behaviour earlier, telling her that she's moving on. Brandy then says sorry for what happened and that she thought Susan and Carl's marriage was already over. So Susan's happy because she finally got the apology that she wanted, even if it wasn't from Carl. Yeah, I mean, I think it's nice she got an apology in the end. We also get a little bit of a nice moment with Brandy. I don't remember if she's ever back in the show to be honest, but it's nice that we see this other woman as a bit of more of a human being as well. I think she's mentioned in the show some more, but I'm not sure if we ever
0: see her again, but it did build upon her character a little bit. She's not just some random home wrecker now mm. like at the end of this episode, they developed it and you know she got to apologize and explain her side of things a little bit and even though. You haven't got the apology from the ex. You've got an apology from someone that was involved
1: in the breakup. I think it's nice just to get the apology from the other lady as well, though, just because she had a part in ending that marriage. Yeah. But does Susan have to get in the car? Oh, my God. I know. She, Could like she forces not... her way right in there. <laughs> she just opens that car door
0: and sits inside and pushes Brandy pretty much on Carl's lap. Uh, Which, incidentally, might be what happened with the dissolution of their marriage. Just just saying. (laughs) (laughs) She could have just
1: stood at the car door. I think she was worried they were going to drive right (laughs) off. Probably drive off. Because she probably thought they'd think that she was just about to shout in their faces. Maybe, maybe. Lynette and Tom stay in and have their own little party, watching Finding Nemo and drinking. He's decided to stay home and not go to his work party. The kids then join them downstairs. This was really nice. As far as I'm aware,
0: this is just Tom seeing that Lynette's concerned that they're not happy in the relationship and then trying to to meet Lynette in the middle. You know, Lynette was very much... uh, She saw the photo and after Tom's complaining about his 60-hour work week, the photo showed that he's going out drinking and, you know, having parties. And so this is, I think, his way of trying to bring that ...to Lynette, so Lynette doesn't feel so overwhelmed all the
1: time. Well, yeah, you work with these people all the time, so the time you're spending drinking with them, you could be with your family. Yeah. So, nice scene. Best couple so far as of yet. Yeah. Bree goes to the counselor's office, without an appointment, to ask what Rex spoke to him about in their private session, but he refuses to tell her, naturally. The counsellor then tells Bree to wait so that he can quickly go talk to another client and leaves his office, where she then looks for Rex's tape, but instead finds a tape called Mary Alice. She takes the tape. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, this is so entitled.
0: For to just walk in and be like, I didn't have time to make an appointment, Brie. The world does not revolve around you, Brie. Exactly. Sorry. I understand your marriage is breaking down, but there's a, an awful lot of
1: people in that building with an awful lot of problems. It's interesting to find that Mary Alice has a tape with this counsellor, so she was obviously going through stuff and talking about it. Is to there someone. Just- is there just one
0: therapist in this city? <laughs> like, what are the chances that Mary Alice goes to this
1: very therapist? I guess Brie and Mary Alice have very similar thought processes about... Who they Expense go to. and yeah. the reviews, but yeah, so yeah, they've I ended guess up so. with the same one. Yeah, the episode then ends as Mary Alice says that if she were alive now, she would tell the ladies not to live in fear. Susan hears a banging sound outside the window, and then when she goes to look, she sees Paul Young hammering a for sale sign into the front lawn. Roll credits, yep. So Paul's putting his house up for sale, mm, he's getting out of there. I mean, it's a pretty nice house, it is a pretty nice house. So clearly, the news thing with them finding that chest has. Scared him. Yeah, he's so he's running off. Yeah, he's running away. We're not quite sure how Zach would take that. Yeah, I think Zach's already in a bit of a fragile state with his mum, who his dad will not talk to him about.
0: No, and is it really the best time to move a child?
1: No. When he's already clearly going through so much stuff. It's a bit much on top it's, of the death. Yeah, it's they a lot. just buried her. So, let's move on to the famous fashion segment, Joel. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say it's famous. So yeah, anyway. He'll be famous yeah, one day. I mean, <laughs> Can you tell us your pick for the best outfit of this episode?
0: I mean, the outfits weren't great this episode, no offence, ladies. But <laughs> it will go to Gabby at the dinner party when she's in that lilac dress. It just hugged every curve, and she just looked phenomenal, and it really brought out her shape.
1: I know this is your segment, but if I had to choose, I'd probably give this to Tom for that sombrero.
0: Oh! (laughs) The sombrero and the margarita. Yeah, okay. No, I see that. I see that.
1: What about you? Your moment for worst mother of
0: the episode?
1: (laughs) Unfortunately... There, there are some episodes where you just don't see very much of kids, so the one or two scenes where you do, you just know it's got to be it. Yeah. So I'm very sorry, Lynette, but you are the only person with kids that we saw in this episode, and you purposely let them eat sugary food so that they'd act hyperactive and be a nightmare to the dad. So, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Lynette, it's got to go to you again. That's really shocked me. If it was... Okay, I know it's not my segment, but if it was me, I would have picked
0: Paul. I know it's worst mother of the episode, but we can change it to parent, right?
1: You know what? We should be, from this moment on, we are going to be inclusive of dads. Exactly. This is going to be the worst parent of the episode, and I have to agree with Joel. Just This because goes he, to Paul he Young. Left,
0: he left his gun lying around... And you know he's refusing to acknowledge the death of his wife, and he's just drugging his kid, like he drugged Zach to get him to sleep. But Lynette, you're not much better. You drugged your children too with sugar. Drugged them with sugar. You, well, they sugar makes them hyper. You're such a drama queen. <laughs> so it was. It was like it's
1: like giving a uh, athlete steroids. So that is the end of the episode. That was episode three. Pretty little picture. Next week we will be doing episode four. Who's that woman? Ooh. It's Jess. What? Nothing. <laughs> New Girl Reference, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for listening. So, Joel, if um, if anyone does want to ask us any questions, get a shout out in the show, maybe, if anyone does listen to it, <laughs> where can they find us? So, you can follow us on
0: Instagram at BoyfriendsReview, and you can follow us on Twitter at bfs
1: review. You can also email us. Our email is BoyfriendsReview at Outlook.com, and all of our artwork is done by our friend Louis at Doc Red Monk. You can find him on Instagram. That's D-O-C-R-E-D-M-O-N-K. He gets an automatic shout out every episode. Of course he does. He does our artwork. <laughs> There's also a link to his Etsy. He does commissions. So please do follow Doc Red Monk and do feel free to send us a message, ask us any questions. And maybe one day if we get enough, we might start reading them out. Maybe. Joel's the one that does all the socials. He's in charge of all the posts. So he'll be the one that gets all of your messages. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next Saturday for the next episode. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Bye. Bye.